Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. <laughs> okay, okay, bring it on in. Super Bowl Sunday! I wasn't going to wear my jersey this morning, but then I looked and I saw Pastor Gary with his jersey on, throwback. And then I looked over here to the right and I see my man over here, uh, Carlos, with his jersey on. And I don't even know anybody on the Jets. Is, is that a throwback? I said, let me go put my throwback on. This guy ain't even playing anymore, but hey, you know, we got to do it. Praise the Lord. Man, I love my church family. I love you guys so much. I love you guys seeing your faces. And, and sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I hate the fact that I only get to see you guys on Sunday sometimes. I just hate it. I really do. And what I like to do is I like to spend time with people. I really like spending time with people. Uh, I wish there were more hours in the day. I really do. But speaking of time, speaking of time, tiempo, algo que... Todos tenemos, pero no lo usamos bien. Time is something we all have been given, but not all of us use it well. <laughs> yeah, amen, altar call. <laughs> time. How many people could use more time? Well, I'm about to hurt you. We all live in the age of deceiving distractions. Distracción engañosa. Did I say that right? Engañosa. Gracias. We live in a day of social media, news, internet, and TV. Can I get an amen? Because I think oh, we probably hit all four of them before we got to church this morning. Social media could be good. Redes sociales pueden ser buenas. But it takes up, to, up too much of our time. Pero ocupan mucho de nuestro tiempo. News, las noticias, is informing, son informa informativas. But it focuses our attention on things that are half-truths. I know there's been a phrase coined as fake news. But there's fake news on both sides. They just want to get out what they want you to believe. But we get sucked into it. And we know what a half-truth is. You know it. <laughs> Internet has expanded our ability to increase our knowledge. But it, it, it also opens us up to a virtual world where people think it's real they think their virtual world is real, not to mention how it's opened us all up to pornography. Pornography single-handedly is destroying the church. We're focusing on homosexuals and we're focusing on all kinds of other stuff, but pornography literally has undermined the foundation of the church. But nobody talks about it, and they don't want to see it as an evil because it's something you get to do in secret. 
I was at a men's conference one time, praise the Lord, and it was funny. Everybody's like, hey, get out your phones. And all the guys getting out their phones. They thought we were going to take selfies. And the guy says, pass your phone to the right. You talk about a revealing moment. He was like. No, seriously. I mean, if I did that to you guys right now, I'm just think about it. And, and what the dude did is show, let me show you how I can, you can go through somebody's cookies and see where they've been on their phone. And then he went into Scripture talking about how God searches the inner parts of man and how we can search the inner parts of man by seeing where they're spending their time at. Tiempo. Time. My God. We go back to TV. Can we, do we need to talk about TV? We all know about TV. Everybody has a show. Everybody records something. We spend our time on all four of these things. Believe it or not, these, four, these are the four main reasons why people say, I don't have time to do this. No tengo tiempo para hacer esto. I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. I had a person once say to me, if I had as much time as you do, I would get more things done. Have you ever said that to somebody? No? Hmm, okay. We'll get off the call for that one, too. The last time I looked, we all have the same amount of time. I got 24 hours in my days. Todos tenemos 24 horas en un día. 24? So you guys ask me, why are we talking about time today? I'm glad you asked because I'm going to answer you. Because without spending time with each other, we cannot become disciples. Without time, you cannot build real, relevant relationships with God and with man. You cannot say that you have a relationship with God and not have a relationship with his people. To have a relationship with God is to have a relationship with his body. Amen. Amen. So let's look at our perfect example of how when we make time to spend time with someone, it can change their whole life. Just spending time with somebody can change their life. Amen. So I'm going to be reading some scriptures. We're not going to be here long. I'm going to get you home on time to smoke those ribs and whatever else y'all making today. That, it's fun. That's the big look. I could say something super prophetic and don't get that kind of response from y'all. <laughs> if I start preaching on ribs, then people will be up here shouting and dancing and everything. Oh, ribs! God gave us ribs, and the ribs were good. Turn to Luke 19. Luke 19. Lucas. We're going to read this, chapter 1 through 9. A lot of scripture here, but you guys are going to understand. We're talking about time. We're talking about spending time. It says, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and was rich. Let's just stop for a second. 
So here's a man named Zacchaeus, and he was known as a tax collector, and he was rich. Everybody knew he was rich. Everybody knew he was a tax collector. So here we have his identity. You guys remember another guy that was rich? Rich young ruler. He was known by his identity. I'm just trying to connect these things because I want you to see that the rich young ruler had an identity. He was stuck in his identity because he wanted to be the rich young ruler. But now we have another dude named Zacchaeus who is also rich, okay? And he's a chief tax collector. He ain't just a tax collector. He's a chief tax collector, all right? Finish up reading here. We'll start at number three. And he sought, and he sought to see who Jesus was but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. He was short. He couldn't see because there were too many people around him. Jenny, you, you know what I mean. But what's interesting here as we look at it is he had a desire to see who Jesus was. Pay attention. He had a desire to see who Jesus was. And because he had such a strong desire, he was going to do what he had to do to make sure he's seen his, this Jesus. So the Bible said he ran ahead and climbed up into the, a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today, I must stay at your house. Today, I must spend some time with you. Today, I need to come to your house. Let me, let me stop because I need you guys to just step into the scripture with me real quick. Is Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He heard about this Jesus. And he couldn't see Jesus when he passed by because of the crowd. Now, we're getting symbolic here because... Some of us are looking for Jesus, but we can't find Jesus because we're still in the crowd. We can't find Jesus because we still want to be with everybody and hang out with our old friends and do the things that we used to do, and we can't find Jesus in any of that. But the Bible said that he ran ahead. So he ran ahead of everybody. What did he do? He got rid of the crowd, and he got to a place where he could make sure that Jesus could see him. But honestly, he wasn't trying to be seen as Jesus. He was trying to see Jesus. You know, some of us want to be seen instead of seeing. Too much would be wanting to be seen instead of seeing. Too, too much wanting people to notice you instead of you noticing what God's doing. So he climbs up in the tree, and because he was searching for Jesus, the Bible says, seek and ye shall find. So as he's looking for him, or as he's looking and he's seeing Jesus, Jesus, as he notices Jesus, Jesus notices him. So he looks up and he says, hey, Z, make haste, hurry up, come on down now, ahora, you got to come now. See, how many of us know we hear Jesus calling, but we're still trying to do like those other guys? Like, let me go bury the dead. Let me kiss my mother and father. Let me go. No, he says, come now. Come now. And as you see, Zacchaeus made haste. He got down from the tree and ran over because Jesus said, I must come to your house. I want to spend time with you. My God. So what does Zacchaeus do? 
So he said he made haste and he came down and received. This is what I like. He received him joyfully. How many of us are receiving Christ joyfully? You talk about receiving. When I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, he received him joyfully. But when they saw it, it's funny, they said they, they didn't even name who they were. But when they saw it, they all complained saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Now, if you notice in the text, and you're going to notice along the rest of the way, Zacchaeus didn't even address the complainers. Zacchaeus didn't even give them an ear. He didn't even respond to their foolishness. Jesus didn't even say nothing to them. Because Jesus like, it doesn't matter what the crowd's saying. It doesn't matter what the haters are saying. What matters is that I'm trying to get to your house to spend some time with you. Time. So then Zacchaeus, verse 8, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. Okay, here we have a repentive heart. He ain't just a man going, hey, how do I get salvation? Rich young ruler, how do I receive eternal life? I don't want to go to hell. Now, this man wasn't even interested in it. All he was in a repentive state. I have stolen. I have cheated. And Lord, this is what I want to do. I want to give back everything I've ever stolen. And not only that, if I've falsely accused any of my brethren and stole from them, I'm going to pay them back four times that which I've taken from them. That's repentance. That's repentance. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to you. Not reading. To where? To his house. Let's not get this twisted. His house, which means everybody that lives in his house will receive the salvation of the Lord. See, it's one thing for you to get saved, but it's another thing when your whole family gets saved. But he says, Today salvation has come to this house. Because he is also the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Because Jesus came and spent some time with this man, he realized that he was a sinner. And it changed his life, but not only changed his life, it changed his whole family. Can you spare some time? What kind of change are you making in somebody's life if you just make some time? Now, I know some of y'all are saying, I just don't have enough time, Pastor. I just don't have enough time. I got a lot of things going on. I got a lot of irons in the fire, and I got a lot of, yeah, right, whatever. But I got good news for you. God, listen, this is serious. God has supernaturally given us a gift to make time. Oh, hey, hey, uh-huh. I can make time. Watch this. When you ain't got enough money, you can't make money. But God said, I've given you the gift to supernaturally make some time. You guys, oh, you guys look at me. I don't understand. They got to break this down. 
It doesn't mean add some time. But he's giving you the gift to make some time. He said, I've given you 24 hours in a day, and you can't make it 25. But in those 24, I guarantee if you deny yourself, you can make some time. Truth be told, you don't have a problem making time for things that you deem important to yourself. Because to be honest, everything that you do is important to you. What's not important to you, you don't make time for. Amen? All right. Let's look at a time when Jesus was busy and he was on his way to save someone's life, but he still made time for somebody else. You guys ever been on your way somewhere? Somebody holds you up? It's like, hey, man, I'd love to talk to you. I ain't got time right now. Y'all never done that? Yeah? Uh-huh. I know the Cubmores. I'm going to tell you right now. The game getting ready to start. They're on their way. They're gonna be, I'll be like, hey, wait, wait. I just want to pray with you guys. They'll be like, look, pastor. You can pray for me, but, you know, let the Lord. He'll send the prayers wherever I'm going. I ain't got time. I got to go see Tom Brady, the GOAT. He's the GOAT, you guys. You can hate him if you want to. So I do hate him. Turn to Luke. (laughs) Steve Harvey was wrong for what he said yesterday, too. Okay, I'm sorry. It's football. It's football, y'all. Everybody say, what's Steve Harvey say? Look it up. It's on the news. That, yeah, okay, okay. I got, okay, let me get spiritual. Shatabaha. Yeah. Luke chapter 8, 40, uh, 55. I'm going to read a lot of scripture, but it's important that I read this so you guys can understand. Once again, I'm telling you guys the way that I see the Bible, I step into the text. I go, it's like I put myself there. So this is what I'm trying to help you guys out because as you begin to see things, you have to understand the Bible, when you read it, things, there's time that takes place. And when it talks about Jesus said, listen, you guys go on a boat and go on the other side and I'll meet you over there. That didn't happen within 10 minutes. To cross of the, of the sea takes hours or days. So we have to add in that time. You know, we have to do these things. So as we're looking, you notice I said you have to add in time. You have to take time in account for when you read. So I'm going to add this time into you guys so that you'll see something that Jesus knew that it was important for us to take time out to be with people. Because he couldn't, look, if if there was distance learning with with discipleship, he didn't have to pick 12 people and tell them to follow me. He spent time with them for three years. Eating, drinking, walking, living, teaching, suffering. He got tired of it. Don't raise your hand right now as I ask this question. But don't you ever get tired of people? Jesus did. You know, how long must I suffer thee? He was fed up. And this, if I was to write a new book, he'd be like, this dude. I should be like, this dude. Luke 8, 40. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. 
And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, important man. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Let me stop here. He says that Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue. He was a very important person. He is a person that I'm sure isn't used to waiting. Very important people, ruler of the synagogue. When he says something, it gets done. Okay? Keep that in mind. Jesus said this, but as he went, the multitudes thronged him. That means a bunch of people were around Jesus. Jesus is trying to go to this man's house because his daughter's dying. Because Jesus has the power to heal. And this man understands it. So he's walking, and as he's walking, everybody wants to spend time with Jesus. But if you notice, Jesus is not spending time with everybody. And as he's going, people are pulling on him. I wish you guys would catch this. There's so many people pulling on him, but he has to discern which people are worth him spending time with. Message, you can't spend time with everybody that's pulling on you. So as Jesus is going, it says here that the multitudes thronged on him. Now a woman, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years. It's funny how she's been bleeding uh, as long as the young girl that's dying has been alive. who had spent all her livelihood on physicians, it sounds like today's modern healthcare, um, and could not be healed by any and came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, <laughs> wasn't me. Peter knows with them, said, Master, the multitudes, everybody's touching you and pressing on you. You say, and how could you say who touched me? But Jesus said, uh-uh, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, following down on her knees and worshiped him. She declared to him in, in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, let me stop before I read the rest. I need you to understand something here. As we look at this text, a lot of us don't realize Hebrew tradition, custom, and law. Any woman that has an issue of blood during that time is considered unclean, ceremoniously unclean. You cannot touch anybody or anything that you touch becomes unclean. Twelve years, this woman has not have felt the intimacy of a man or even just to be able to touch somebody, to hug somebody for 12 years. Get this time here. Twelve years. Everybody knew she had this issue. People stayed away from her because they had to dress a certain way. And as you re read, there were so many people around Jesus that she had to push her way. The Bible, another translation said she made her way through the press which means she had to touch all these people. And because she's touching all these people, she was risking her life because she could have been stoned to death for breaking the law. That's desperate to get to Jesus. I will risk everything just to touch the hem of his garment. And as she pressed through the crowd, she went and she touched Jesus. And immediately, because once again, seek and you shall find. 
She wasn't looking to be seen of Jesus. She was looking to see Jesus. That's why she didn't run in front of him and go, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. She just said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, if I just to see him, just to see him and touch him, he ain't even got to say nothing to me. He ain't even got to stop and talk. But Jesus realized something. Yeah, because she touched me because of my presence and because of the essence of who I am, she's going to get healed. But through the rest of the time, we ain't got there yet, but he turns around, and this is why I need you guys to see something. He turns around, and she starts talking to him. First, she explains, listen, this is why I touched you. I know, I, especially a rabbi, now you're unclean because I touched you. But, let me t- but, I, but when I touched you, I was healed. Now, I know some people like to talk a lot. But anybody that's going to tell you a story, a 12-year-old 12 12 story, if I'm going to tell you my life, what has happened in the last 12 years, it's not going to take 30 seconds. The Bible declares that she sat and told him everything that had happened to her. She sat during this time and told her a 12-year-old story to Jesus. And this is what you guys have forgot. Jairus is going, my daughter's dying. You got to hurry. See, nobody looks at that. Jairus is like, Jesus, you were on your way to my house. And this woman who's unclean. You're stopping to talk to me. My daughter's only 12 years old. She's dying. But Jesus knew I have to take the time out with this woman. Because if he didn't, she just would have been healed. But he turned around and spent time. And the Bible declared that she was made whole. Time. It takes time. Tiempo. Time. Poor Jairus. He's sitting down looking at Jesus. Bruh, really? I would automatically think that the 12-year-old girl would hold more precedence than this woman because she's only 12. This woman, I don't know how old she is. The Bible doesn't say. But do we sit down and think that Jesus is like, she's more important? But Jesus, in his busy walk, through going to make a house call, spent time to minister to somebody in need. He didn't say, look, I'll come back this way. I have more important needs. Can I just be honest? The woman with the issue of blood, there was nothing more important to her than being healed. She wasn't thinking about that 12-year-old girl. And see, sometimes what we don't realize is that we try to deem other people's uh, stuff that's going on more important than somebody else's. People, that, people themselves, it, it means a lot to that person. They're, they're not ranking it. It's just all they know is they got an issue. If we would take the time out like Jesus, the cool part about it, I'm not going to even read the rest of the Scripture, but so once Jesus was done, after they got done talking, after the 12-year-old story, that's a long story. I mean, you, you got, I mean it's got to be at least 30 minutes. At least 30 minutes. So then Jairus is sitting there, and Jairus is like, come on. And then somebody says, hey, psst, forget about it. It's too late. Your daughter's dead. 
Tell the rabbi, don't even come. How do you think Jairus felt? Let's just think about for that moment. Jesus, you were on your way to my house to heal my daughter, but now she's dead. I picture this. I believe Jairus was also a man of patience. I believe that he knew who Jesus was, and he believed and trusted that Jesus was doing. He says, okay, because I know Jesus is going to take care of it. So he's like, okay, listen. Shh, y'all stop talking all that negative stuff. The girl's just sleeping. So he walks on with Jairus. He comes to the house. He says, look, all you naysayers, all you people that don't realize that I am the Christ, the Messiah, get out. And I'm taking in the people that believe. I'm taking in the mother and the father come in with me. I'm taking in my boys. So they go in there and make a long story short, she brings the girl back to life. Boom. Jesus not only healed her, but he raised her from the dead. Because he took time. Now there's other scriptures where it says that Jesus sinned the word and people were healed. And that's good, but you don't see in between that he took time to talk to somebody. The centurion that came up to him and said, listen, man, my, my, my uh, servant is sick. I need, I need you to be there. And Jesus was like, okay, I'm on my way. He, just for him to say that I'll come, I'll be there. Does this sound familiar to you guys? I'll be there. And then all of a sudden, the dude says, no, nah, you ain't got to come. I'm a man of authority. I recognize authority, and I recognize the authority in you. As I say, when I tell somebody to do something, I know it gets done. So all I need you to do is send the word. Jesus like, okay, that's the kind of faith I need. <laughs> that's the faith I need right there because, you know, honestly, I, I, I have a lot to do, but I will make the time to go if you want me to. Saints of God. Unless we take time out with each other, we will never build real, relevant relationships. And you can't have discipleship without real, relevant relationships. I'm talking about ships. Real, relevant relationships will develop discipleship. That's the ship that we all need to be in together. We need to spend some time together. As I close... I wanted to share this with you today because all of us are busy, but God has given us the, the opportunity, the supernatural power to make time, to make time. Many of us are just definitely bad at keeping time. It's a sin. Let's recognize it as a sin. The time that you spend on your computers in front of TVs could be times that you could be ministering to people. I have come to find out. God has created me a person of relation. I'm, I just love relationships. And there's plenty of people in here that it, it shocks me when they, they say, man, I really appreciate you coming by. And I'm like, I wanted to be here. <laughs> I wanted to be with you. That's, that's, what, that's how I feel. And that's how we should all feel about each other. And maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, I'm an introvert and I'm really not like that. You, you got it. That's, that's too much. No more excuses. Make the time. Just show up to somebody's house. You ain't got to stay. Coffee, sit down and have coffee with somebody for an hour, 30 minutes. 
it will change their life. To show up to somebody, you never know the position that somebody's in, in just your company. Today, two men show up to church and had no idea that they were, they were coming to church and they didn't realize that they were going to encourage me. They had no idea, but they made time to be at church. You get up and make time to be at work. You make time to make sure you're at work on time. But can we make time to be with each other? God is calling us to make disciples. But we can't make discipleship unless we spend time with one another. I have been committed, and I have made a commitment to start spending time with men to to help train them up. We talked about having a Paul. We talked about having a Barnabas. We talked about having a Timothy. We're going to learn about this in the upcoming weeks. And I have all three of those in my life. And it's been a huge blessing, not just for the people I'm spending time with, but it's been a blessing for me. Because the more time that I spend, the more information and the more grace and the, and the more uh, anointing that I'm pouring out to people, the more I'm receiving. God gives seed to the sower. And when I do that, man, it just, it just helps build the relationships. It helps build trust. And, and, and guess what? Also, when you have relationships like that, when you spend time with people, when they offend you, you won't easily walk off. You're like, man, I invested way too much. Because I invested so much time with this relationship, I'm not going to easily walk away with it. I'll be mad for a day or two. But I'll get over it. I heard his pastor used to always say this, and I never really understood it. He goes, how do you spell love? T-I-M-E. God so loved the world. That he gave, he came and spent time with us. You guys ever see it that way? He could have just came and then was, could be slain right away because all the babies were being killed. He could have died then, but he says, no, I need to spend time with them to develop a relationship with them and to teach them, to speak into them, and it's going to take time. So God is calling all of us to spend time with one another and also spend time with him. No more saying, I don't have time. You might as well just say, I don't want to. Amen? Stand to your feet. Praise God. Time. So important to the Lord. Even though he sits outside of time, he stepped into time, came subject to time to give us his time. Did you guys get that? Do you realize God sits outside of time? Time doesn't affect him. He's eternal, the eternal father. Yes, everlasting. There's no beginning and no end, even though he's the alpha and omega. He goes on forever. And for him, this is how much he loved us. He stepped into time, something he invented, something he created 
for us to live in. He stepped into it to be with us. <laughs> he stepped in time to be with us so that when we die, we could step out of time and be with him. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.